This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning. I'm Ann Romer, and I'm sitting in for Jim Lang this morning. Welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Woodbine race announcer Robert Geller joins us today. You could say that he has the best seat in the house, perched high above the Woodbine courses, calling the races. He also has a very keen eye when it comes to horse racing in general and is going to fill us in on some of the recent action at Woodbine Racetrack and also take a look at today's Woodbine racing card and any Queen's Plate news as that date is fast approaching. In addition, Hall of Famer jockey Ramon Dominguez joins us. And last time he was on the show, that was mid-2021. Can you imagine? He had just launched a new YouTube program called Exactabox, which was dedicated solely to the Spanish-speaking horse racing fan. We'll find out what he's up to these days. Tonight is Meadowlands Pace Night, one of the big events at the Meadowlands Racetrack, and a new friend of the show, Edison Hatter, will be joining us. He is the track announcer at Freehold Raceway, also part of the on-air talent at the Meadowlands Racetrack. We look forward to getting to know him. And finally, he's back. Our co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a fabulous show, so get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some pretty heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live stream horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer sitting in for Jim Lang. Let me introduce you to my good friend, longtime friend Larry Simpson. How long have we known one another? Don't, don't, don't say too long. I was just going to say too long. <laughs> yeah. I, I think... I think it was back in the late 80s, you were working basically on a project for where the Ontario Jockey Club at the time was was trying to uh, get more races out there, and it was the Queen City Stakes that uh, you came down, and uh, we were through the paddock and that a couple of days before the race, and then the Saturday night, uh, you were there with myself and... Uh, uh, there was somebody else as well, and uh, we did the kind of like a color commentary on it. And so. many decades ago, but you had me at hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of hello, we want to talk very quickly about some of the amazing things that are happening in horse racing right now, but we also want to set our sights on the Queen's Plate, August the 21st. Right. Uh, well, this past week, uh, Saratoga, which is one of the boutique meets in North America, opened. Uh, and uh, next week, uh, Delmar, which is another boutique meet in California, it opens for the summer. So you know that basically summer 
racing is here. And how you really know that summer racing is here is because we can almost smell that the Queen's plate is in the air. (laughs) I wonder what that really means, Larry. (laughs) (laughs) And we can also hear that it's in the air. So let's uh, ask Robert Geller to join us now here on Ponies 24-7. Robert is uh, an, an esteemed and renowned track announcer at Woodbine. Welcome to the show, Robert. Well, thank you so much, Anne. I appreciate your kind words. <laughs> and they're honest words. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robert, let's let's start, I guess, with uh, you're pretty much into the middle part of the racing season at Woodbine. Uh, uh, how's it been going? It, it's been going very well. I feel like the build-up to some of the big races is starting to really take shape, and we're going to certainly really find out more as we get towards the Queen's Plate on the 21st of August, as you mentioned. But as far as uh, the support from horses shipping in for stakes races from a number of barns, such as uh, Mike Trombetta, of course, Mark Cassie providing so many horses on the grounds, but also shipping in uh, a number of trainers, really. It's made it very exciting and I think very interesting. Our turf races have been great. And I do think that this year's Queen's Plate is full of some really nice horses who've done extremely well in their lead-ups. And if they go to the race on the 21st, we're going to be looking at a great race. Robert, I have to ask you, which came first, your love of horse racing or your your passion for announcing? Uh, I honestly feel that I loved horse racing from a very young age. When I was four, I was going to the track with my family. So it was a thing I did every Saturday in Australia and every racetrack uh, that I, I could get my hands on, I was following the form. Uh, as far as the announcing, it was very much in my in my recreational play. I was kind of, in a, in a sense, creating a fictitious racetrack in my mind, and, and the next thing I knew, I was creating mock race calls. So it was a very young age. I think they almost went hand in hand, but I'd have to say, Anna, the first thing was the spectacle of being at the track, the excitement, and uh, the the movement and all the colors of the silks, I found it just fascinating. So you said you were four, so um, that was what, 21, 21 years ago? <laughs> you nailed it. You uh, nailed it, Larry. <laughs> what, well, uh, seriously, <laughs> what was it that got you? Yeah, what was it that got you involved? Was there a special horse or a special race that you said, yeah, gee, I want to I make a career out of this? Well, I, I um, did have special horses that I really loved, and I, I certainly became very emotionally attached to, and, and that continued uh, right through my young years. And, and when I started to realize that it was such a passion and that there were uh, racetrack announcers or race callers out there who I felt that uh, I was in many ways fascinated by because it was, as I say, in my in my sort of recreational play, I was... I was creating race calls. I was turned my bedroom into a racetrack <laughs> wow. and started calling races on, you know, I, I marked out furlong poles at the wooden floors and, and so on it went. And, but when I realized that it was a potential a career path, I had to sort of decide to uh, ask racetracks to uh, give me a space to practice in. And then it became quite real and I started to get little gigs and part-time jobs that were very slow at building to anything more than that. But I knew from that moment that uh, it was something I could do. I just felt I I would get into that. You're passionate about this, obviously, as a race caller. How do you keep your emotions in check as they're about to cross the finish? Well, I feel like it's such an instinctive type of job that as the race call happens, you don't have time necessarily to uh, second-guess yourself or to overthink it. And the emotion that comes up, I trust, as I have more experience, that that fits the experience that I'm seeing. Now, sometimes there's uh, emotion before the race that may be in the way, and I try to work on that if I feel like there's a little bit of anxiety or if there's an over-anticipation. But I I really believe that having emotion is 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 excellent, feeling that passion that I feel, because in many ways I'm a reflection of the fan. And what I see is no different from anyone else. It's just my job is to convey that. And so if, if that matches what the experience in front of you on the TV or at the racetrack shows, then I think it's great. 
if that is out of kilt, then there's something to be adjusted. And then I have to work on that and make a note. And sometimes, you know, give some self-talk and at times just contain myself a little bit or allow myself to go further with emotion if that's what's needed. But I do think, and it's a, it's, it's a instinctive and yet requires some degree of monitoring. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this, Robert. Woodbine's got two turf courses, and they've got the tapita surface. Is it more difficult calling the races on the turf course than it is the tapita, or is it the other way around? Well, I feel that uh, because of the angles of the E.P. Taylor turf in relation to the commentary booth, the angle is much more head-on than most people would really want to see. And because of that, it requires a lot more extrapolation of momentum. And you can't necessarily line them up as if they were further away from you in a horizontal uh, manner that you could get a, a better angle. Having said that, that racetrack on the outside course does allow you plenty of time to settle into a race. And I do love that in terms of the rhythm. As far as the inner turf, I think it's a lot more about the energy of the race because it's a tighter turn. And those tight turns can really be very instrumental in bringing a result or costing a result. And so a lot of the eye is on the tactics and the rider and watching how that horse is managing into the turns. As far as the main track, I mean, it's a magnificent uh, mile and a quarter track. They sometimes, uh, you know, do as they turn out the stretch, run a little bit out of view sometimes if if you're not standing in the right spot. But most of the time, it's a very true race to call and uh, it's a matter of just judging the pace and feeling how the horses are traveling. But really, as a, as a racetrack, Woodbine's magnificent in terms of its, its uh, opportunity for viewers to see what's going on. And that's what's so breathtaking about being here. When I look out from the booth and I see all these possible racetracks, because you have three courses, as you mentioned, and then there's rail moves, it keeps it very interesting. Robert Geller, are you able to talk about today's card at Woodbine and maybe even give a a little bit of a hint as to maybe what listeners should be betting on? Are you allowed to do that as a track announcer? Absolutely. I think the more involved we are as a race uh, fan, uh, we're bringing, you know, a little bit of the backstory that we've seen from horses. Doesn't mean we're experts at it. It's just that I've, I've got a view from a, you know, a commentary point of view. But uh, as far as betting, uh, well, I'm not much of a better, but I love to handicap. And I think the key race of the day on uh, this Saturday is the My Dear Stakes, which is a race for two-year-old fillies. And they're always tricky to understand because two-year-olds, we've got so little to go on. In fact, the first horse on the list, State of Mind, has not even raced. Uh, but there are, just in a short field, horses have only had one appearance. I was quite taken by the way collecting Flatter one, which is one of two from uh, what is... Uh, uh, well, Luis Contreras Road, collecting Flatter Last Start and Speedy River, who's in the same race uh, on Saturday in the My Dears. So today I think that collecting Flatter, even though Luis is not on board that one, is still going to be my selection because I really like the way in which this horse was moving down the home stretch. And is by Flatter, I think that uh, it's a tricky little race. Mark Cassie has a horse called Kahira's Blessing. Um, but we'll learn more about them. LNJ Foxwoods, the owners of number one, bring good horses to Woodbine. Uh, but I do think that horse may prefer turf, but we'll see. So there's my selection for the big race, which is race A, horse three, collecting Flatter, who was in a short field last start and will be again. And speaking of uh, that barn, Josie Carroll, there's a race earlier in the program where there's a horse called She's a Dream. And I do think that in race three, Horse four, She's a Dream, although finishing eighth last start on the E.P. Taylor turf, comes back in distance a furlong and was leading that field until about a furlong out and needed the run and has a really good record on the E.P. Taylor turf. And I do like the work tab. So there's a selection for me earlier in the program, and that'll be, again, a Jersey Carroll runner, race three, horse four. Okay. I guess, uh, Robert, uh, before we let you go, I want to ask you, if you weren't calling races in your career, what do you think your career path would have been? Good question, Larry. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I had a career change before. I was a speech pathologist for 10 years as I was working on getting part-time work. I wouldn't go back to that field. I think now I would like, <clears throat> excuse me, to be more in either one of two fields. Uh, one would be as a tour guide. I <laughs> think I'd be really enjoying taking people on tours of places, potentially racing venues and maybe 
travel logs. And uh, I also think I just, if it wasn't for cooking breakfast, I'd love to run a bed and breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> and cleaning up after everybody. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, thank you. Not so I am. Listen, horse racing would miss you terribly. I'm glad that you are doing what you're doing. Robert Geller, Woodbine trace it, a track announcer, whose passion for horse racing began at age four. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. It is my pleasure, Anne. Thank you. And thank you, Larry, too. Thank you. And when we come back, Woodbine Hall of Famer jockey Ramon Dominguez joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSTA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSTA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSTA website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bread, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Hall of Famer, retired jockey Ramon Dominguez joins us again today. When he was last on the show, he had just launched a YouTube program called Exactabot which was dedicated solely to the Spanish-speaking horse racing fan. He joins us now on the show. Ramon, how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, talk about uh, Exactorbox, uh, Ramon. Uh, it was about a year ago that you were on, and you had just launched it. Uh, you had some, some good ideas about it. Is everything that you thought it was going to be, it, it has been? Yes, it has been going very well. Um, we love what we are doing, and we love the fact that we're getting always positive feedback from the horse racing fans, and some of them are new fans. While we um, illustrate really the roots of the sport and the Spanish-speaking influence that, or the people from South America, the influence that they have had. So, for example, we did one with Eduardo Luna, who was the groom, for uh, horses like uh, Arrogate, American Pharaoh, Justify. I mean, some of the best horses that we have seen in the last uh, few years. And he speak about all of the little details that are fascinating about, for example, American Pharaoh, how he was kind of looking around one day that he went by the grandstand and they were uh, having some lunch or dinner and the, the, the plates, <clears throat> excuse me, and the silverware was hitting the plates and, the horse was uh, distracted and they decided to put some cotton in his ears and he felt like that was something that was um, instrumental in, in the horse uh, becoming a better horse. So little things like that uh, uh, for those of us who have followed, have been part of the sport for a long time, uh, appreciate. But also interviews like, for example, Sonny Leon, who won the Kentucky Derby and uh, it was a big surprise, but uh, the interview beforehand and how he was basically anticipating that the horse was going to make him himself be hurt. So this is something that we enjoy and, and we know that the followers also appreciate. Ramon, you had done some studies about the size of the Hispanic horse racing market and that six in 10 were millennials and a large percentage liked sports betting. What do you do with that information and what has it done for Exactabox? 
So it's something that although the information is there clearly in black and white as to this is an audience that we haven't really provided, we have in some ways neglected before, um, and we have done our work at the same time, nothing that besides a sector box that is really meaningful. So right now there are other platforms and one of them being Naira that is certainly taking a look into uh, bringing on board uh, Spanish-speaking commentary and um, doing something similar to what we do with the Sacta Box to provide something positive to this uh, demographic of people. Um, but when you look at really how big this group of people are, I feel like we still are not doing as much as we should. Now, there are other besides just... Uh, the content that we create or the content that can be put out on this, through different social media platforms. I was part, and I, I'm glad that I was invited, and I feel honored, as well as a friend who, her name is Gabby Kunzli. She's a historian, and uh, she, she speaks Spanish perfect. And the National Museum Hall of Fame asked us, uh, or a year ago, to, be, to work with them on a new exhibit that just... Uh, opened three days ago here across the street from the racetrack in Saratoga in the National Museum Hall of Fame called Betting on America. Mm-hmm. And basically it is um, talking about Hall of Famers like myself who came into America and some of them Canadians like uh, Sandy Holly, for example, um, and they ended up uh, landing in the Hall of Fame after a lot of uh, years of uh, doing the, the necessary work to, to accomplish a lot of uh, victories and then ultimately get into the Hall of Fame. So uh, this is a beautiful exhibit where uh, you can see different artifacts, uh, saddles and boots, as well as uh, um, different things from the trainers as well. Uh, so this is something that is um, at the same time elevating the name of this and uh, not only the Spanish-speaking people, but also people come from, uh, come from other parts of the world uh, to the United States. So that, those little things like that are necessary in order for us to be able to evolve and to bring racing to the level that it needs to be. Okay. A couple of years ago, Ramon, we did an interview in the Ponies 24 magazine together, and you had just launched your other project, the Gentle Touch uh, Riding Crop. Um, how is things going with, with the rollout of the crop? And I know we were hoping, or you were hoping at the time, that it would become an initiative that the entire industry would envelop. Is, has this happened? Yes. Yeah, so recently the new organization, HISA, um, made mandatory the specifications of uh, the 360 GT. Uh, definitely it doesn't have to be the 360 GT. There are other crops that I'm sure that probably will come out, but at the moment we are the only one producing a soft crop with a, a popper, as we call the area that has a contact with a horse that is a cylindrical shape out of foam that absorbs the chalk and protects the animal while giving the necessary cues for them to move forward and to give their best. So we are very happy that this is uh, happening. It has been uh, a few years that, that we have been working on this and uh, putting a lot of effort into this project. So certainly it's very gratifying to see that finally it's coming to fruition. Ramon, I appreciate so much that you are concerned about protecting the animal, the, the, the horses, but what about the jockeys themselves? I know that there are a, a number of injuries, bodily injuries, that can take place when you are a, a hard racing jockey. What are your thoughts and concerns about protecting the body parts of jockeys? Yes, yeah, so right now, uh, for full disclosure, I have been for a month and a half doing some uh, consulting work for HISA, uh, and my area of work has been specifically about the safety of the jockeys, and obviously we have talked some about the usage of the riding crop, which also contributes to the maintaining a safe uh, race, but also... I have traveled through some states, um, been there with some of the athletic physicians that have been uh, conducting the baseline testing for concussion. So just for jockeys to have, excuse the redundance, a baseline 
a point where they know wh where they are cognitively. In the event that they hit their head while running a race, they can then go and kind of establish a comparison and see if there were some areas where perhaps um, they need some help or uh, support. Uh, but also other things is uh, we're in the middle of creating a very comprehensive concussion protocol with experts. So these are things that are at the top of when it comes to concerns and priorities for these athletes, um, their well-being, because it is a risky sport, but we are trying to make it as um, safe as we can. And uh, there are many other things that are in the works right now regarding the safety for the jockeys, not only their body, but their well-being, uh, cognitively, but also uh, psychologically, because it is a sport that is physically demanding as it is, it's also mentally demanding. So we are well aware of this, and we certainly want to do something that um, should have been done before, but uh, unfortunately the initiative hasn't been there, uh, and now that willing will be taking place uh, in the very short future. Okay, before we let you go, Ramon, I want to ask you, you're living in Saratoga now, and the um, you have a lot of memories of riding at Saratoga. In fact, in 2012, you became only the second rider in history to win six races on a single card at Saratoga. Even though you're retired, do you still get that special feeling when opening day of Saratoga comes around? It is a, a magical place, and maybe I'm biased because I was able to ride here, but uh, the atmosphere, yes, it was just uh, incredible. I mean, it rained before the first race, and after that, it was sunny, beautiful, and every race is so evenly matched, uh, but also the fan base, the people in the picnic tables and coming and asking jockeys for an autograph. Mm -hmm. uh, Saratoga is a place that I just really feel like it's uh, special, but um, it's not just my opinion. It's the opinion of uh, many people who come every year to Saratoga. It is uh, really an example while racing should be. Um, it's not just about betting on the horses. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's also about enjoying the sport and enjoying these beautiful animals. And mm -hmm. it's just something that I can try to describe what is super uh, appealing to me. Uh, until the person comes and, and actually experience uh, what is Saratoga like, uh, they don't really get a full appreciation of the, its uniqueness. And uh, it's something that really transcends the track. Even when you go in town to a restaurant or to just walking through uh, Main Street, uh, everybody is really very much into racing. So it is, uh, it is really Disneyland for, for the horse racing fans. Ramon, what advice have you for young men and women who aspire to be a Hall of Famer jockey like you? The, the advice that I would have for, a, let's just say, a young rider or a young jockey who aspire to, to accomplish and, and live their dreams, I wouldn't advise for them to have in mind to be a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are people who are very successful entrepreneurs that are make a lot of emphasis on really focusing on your goals. And I have to be honest because throughout my whole trajectory as a jockey from my beginnings to really um, the end, I never ever dream about being in the Hall of Fame. And I don't think necessarily that there is anything wrong with that just because uh, I felt like it was important to have Short-term goals, yes, it's great to have long-term goals, but I think that the short-term goals are more attainable. Are in, and then from that, you can move to the next one. And, and these goals are going to be emerging and are going to be actually happening in front of you. So, for example, in the beginning, my goal was to really ride races. When I got my license, that was already a big accomplishment. And then it was to win a race. And when I won a race, wonderful. And then I started gaining enough experience where I was winning enough races where I said, maybe I can win the title in, in one meet. And that happened. And then one year, I found myself around August looking at the national standings, and I say, I can be the leading jockey in the nation. Hmm. And sure enough, I focused on that, and I was very fortunate to get the support, and I won the, the, the national title. So, but I feel like um, sometimes by aiming too high, and I could be wrong on this, it's just really 
the way I, I saw it and the way I really um, did it on a daily basis. If I would have chose uh, to focus on getting to the Hall of Fame, it seems like it was a little bit be, too big of a dream in the moment where I have many other steps to take and to focus on in order to be in a position where I can contemplate, hmm, maybe I can be in the Hall of Fame. So I think that the number one thing that I would recommend is for them to really think about what is it that they are writing. And if, if it is because they have a passion for the profession and for the sport and for the horses, and it's something that that's all they think about, you you are on your way to to being an extremely successful jockey. Just um, be aware that it is no a smooth road. It is an uphill road at times. There are up and downs, and we don't know the story of the guy who we look up to that we kind of put on a pedestal and we feel like he had an easy road to make it to the top. Every single jockey has encountered quite a few obstacles. But that passion is the driving force behind everything they do, and it's a it's a result. The byproduct is uh, all of, all they will accomplish. But uh, the the love and the passion for the profession and the sport is a um, must. It's an ingredient that one must possess. Ramon, thanks for doing this, and and good luck uh, with. Uh your new uh, involvement with uh, HISA there, and uh, I'm sure that uh, you'll help them make a difference. Thank you so much, Larry, and thank you guys again for having me in in the show. A pleasure, Ramon. Thank you. When we come back, Edison Hatter joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Live Harness Racing continues at the Meadowlands Racetrack every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Big Games Championship meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 16th, and on August 6th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the Big M's exciting harness racing action through your HBI bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands Racing Experience. Visit PlayMeadowlands.com for racing details. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Racetrack announcer and podcast host Edison Hatter joins us today. He, for any of you who may not know the name yet, he boasts an amazing resume that includes track announcer at Freehold Raceway and stints at Rosecroft Raceway. Edison is also part of the on-air talent for the Meadowlands Racetrack and tonight will play host to the $600,000 final of the Meadowlands Pace. Edison Hatter, welcome to the show. And by the way, where did you get the name Edison? from oh well thank you so much for having me and uh you know i get asked about the name a lot it's just 
definitely a unique one. Uh, my dad's name was Ed, so I think my parents partially went for like Ed's son, as well as, of course, uh, named after Thomas Edison. So cool name. I, I do like it. And uh, how did you get uh, hooked up in the in the harness racing? Where did that uh, where did that interest come from? Well, you know, it's funny. A lot of people have a background from, you know, family members that introduced them to the sport. But for me, I really just found the thoroughbred side of the sport on TV by myself one day when I was in middle school. And I really got interested in watching the Triple Crown. And um, in terms of working in the industry, I just kind of got fortunate through a friend of a friend. They, they needed someone to back up announce one night at Rosecroft uh, about three years ago. And it's just kind of taken off from there. And I'm still kind of astounded how quickly um, opportunities have been presented to me, and I'm very fortunate for them. And Edison, can you explain exactly what you do as an announcer, and maybe even give us kind of a mock sampling right now? Oh boy, I'm being put on the spot there. Um, <laughs> sure, so uh, as an announcer, obviously, uh, your job is to you know communicate the races, um, provide the prices, provide the post-parade. Um, if there's any sort of inquiry, provide, you know, from the judges, um what information, uh, you know, there was, if there was an inquiry or something. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess obviously when they're off, you know, you want to try to convey information as, as accurately as you can. So, um, I don't know, I'm staring at tonight's ninth race at the Meadowlands, so it might sound something like, um, and they're off. And test of faith, least quickly from the inside with David Miller. Watch me now, an amazing dream. They come away second and third. And then, you know, coming towards the top of the stretch. And they're coming through the stretch, and it's test of faith in front by two, by three. Firestar Hanover with a late rally down the center of the track, and Racine Bell trying to get there late as well. But coming to the line, it's test of faith in front. And by the way, I think test of faith will win the ninth night. So. <laughs> Whoa, that was fantastic, Addison. <laughs> uh, where did you learn to do that? Did you, did you go to the broadcast school or anything like that? Yeah, another, uh, I think, difference between me and most announcers, I, I really didn't. Um, you know, when they needed the backup announcer at Rosecroft, I'm very fortunate to uh, a close friend I had at the time who I think may have kind of uh, exaggerated a little bit to the GM at Rosecroft as to my experience, um, but I really had none, and they trusted me to call a card for them. Um, and I guess I did well enough that they had me back, but I really would say that I've just picked it up as I've been going on the job. And um, obviously, uh, you know, Ken Warkton, our announcer at the Meadowlands, and many others have been great mentors to me, and, you know, I continue to to learn from them each and every day, I think. How important is it as an announcer, uh, and we'll talk about your podcast in a minute, but as an announcer, how important is it that you know what's going on on the track and you know the horses and you know the jockeys? Yeah, it definitely is really important, um, obviously, to, to know, you know, the shape of the race. I mean, you, you as an announcer almost have to handicap a little bit in the sense that trying to figure out who's going to leave, who's going to be in the front, who's going to be coming from behind. So you, you definitely have to know that. And, um, you know, on the harness side compared to the thoroughbred side, I think we're fortunate that obviously the drivers have colors um, as opposed to the jockey silks, you know, the change each race, the jockey co- or the driver colors, you know, remaining the same throughout the night uh, definitely makes it a little bit easier sometimes to use them as kind of the visual cues when, when calling. Okay, let's, let's talk about your podcast. Uh, you know, what's it called and, and how do people uh, find it and what's it about? Sure. Um, so I host a podcast uh, under the sponsorship of Woodbine Mohawk Park, and it is uh, first over with Edison Hatter. Uh, you can find it through In The Money Media, and um, we definitely uh, have a lot of fun on there each week. I'm looking forward to uh, some future partnerships. I think we're, we're close to building here with some other people as well. And, um, you know, we talk uh, weekly Woodbine Mohawk Racing on there, um, as well as a lot of the major harness races. Um, so this week, as an example, um, there is shows up for Two episodes tonight. Uh, we've got one for the Wood by Mohawk card starting at 7 p.m. tonight, and of course one for the Meadowlands Pace tonight at 6:20. And that's a special roundtable. We've got uh, four or five panelists on there just discussing all the major races, and uh, it's a great listen. Can we talk to uh, the audience right now, to our listeners, and really to Larry and to me about what you are anticipating tonight? It's the $600,000 final of the Meadowlands Pace. What do you expect? Well. You know, uh, I guess there's two answers to this. There's the handicapping answer as well as the just uh, event answer. So uh, from the handicapping perspective, I think beach glass from post six. It's Yannick Jingroffer trainer Brent McGrath. Um, for standard bread listeners out there, they may know these as the connections of some beach somewhere. It's the schooner stables that own Brent McGrath trains. And this is actually a son of some beach somewhere, and it's actually the last crop of some beach somewhere. And, of course, Brent McGrath uh, had some beach somewhere as a trainer and just missed at one to nine in what many consider to be 
the greatest race of all time at the Meadowlands when he was in the Meadowlands pace uh, so many years ago. So uh, it would certainly be a special one for those connections. Um, he looked absolutely phenomenal in the elimination. So I think from a betting standpoint, Beach Glass, probably around three to five or four to five, is going to be awfully tough to beat. Um, and then Nighthawk and Caviar Camden were some of the horses I threw in underneath. But um, then there's just the event aspect of, of the night. It is, of course, the greatest night in harness racing, and we're looking forward to it tonight. Um, for anyone in the area looking to come out, um, there's a free handicapping contest for those ages 30 and under, $5,000 in prize money. Again, absolutely free to enter, so that's always a phenomenal opportunity for the young people to get involved. For the first 5,000 fans in attendance, we'll have a uh, T-shirt giveaway. that will start at 5 p.m. We have some social media influencers in the house tonight. Uh, it's the Tratter Company. They'll be in the winner circle 6 to 6.30 for a little meet and greet, get some autographs and a photo. Um, we got all sorts of great food trucks, which I look forward to uh, <laughs> getting my dinner from one of those tonight. So that's always an exciting part of Pace Night. We'll have a DJ in the backyard. There'll be carnival rides and games. And we have free-to-enter contests, a $500 win bet contest, five winners, chance to place a $500 win bet throughout the night. We at the Meadowlands have been having our Masterminds contest. Me and the other on-air talents have been going head-to-head <laughs> in a handicapping battle each and every race night. Uh, but you can enter as a fan to win a free $250 betting voucher each racing night by selecting who, which one of us handicappers will win. And finally, we have horseplay each and every night after race six. You can pick up your free play horse and stand down about along the rail and throw it through the car after race six. And we will draw one winner each night. You will win a prize that night. But you also can come back Hamiltonian weekend and could actually win a free car. So uh, there's a lot, a lot going on tonight. Horses and horsepower, I like that. So Edison, very quickly, I took away from what you just talked about, that you are aiming some of your energy toward the younger generation. Is that lacking when it comes to participation in horse racing? Are you trying to generate more interest in horse racing when it comes to young people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's a question, obviously, given the fact that I am 22, that I seem to get a lot myself. But uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think there's a lot of college roommates and friends that I have that are, you know, so interested in sports and sports betting nowadays, and they kind of forget about horse racing. So I really think that, in general, the industry has to do what we can to try to attract that next generation to be interested in the sport and, you know, keep the sport going. And in particular, I, I think at the Meadowlands, we do a phenomenal job of it with all these interesting, you know, having the social media influencers come to the track, having the under-30 handicapping contest, and all sorts of promotions we have, I think really does hopefully attract families, young people, and hopefully, you know, have that connection to inspire the next generation to be interested in horse racing, harness racing, thoroughbreds, everything, hopefully. I wanted to ask you, getting back to your handicapping, do you have a favorite angle that uh, you play, and, and also... Do you uh, also play the thoroughbreds? I certainly do. I, I love playing the thoroughbreds. In fact, I own a couple of thoroughbreds. I own two myself, um, so I, I definitely do enjoy thoroughbreds. Um, handicapping angles, um, you know, for harness racing, especially the Meadowlands and Wood by Mohawk, this applies to, I think sometimes the horses that get ignored are those coming from the smaller tracks. So Wood by Mohawk, if you have horse coming from, say, Renault Carlton or Western Fair or, or one of the smaller B tracks, per se, the horses can definitely win at Mohawk. But sometimes they're a little bit of a higher price than they should be just because they came from a smaller track. And likewise, the Meadowlands will have this happen with freehold shippers. Obviously, I get the advantage of, of having called the races that afternoon at freehold to see the horses coming to the Meadowlands. But definitely coming from freehold or even Rosecroft, or, you know, the smaller tracks out here as well, definitely can get you a better price on some of those kind of horses. Track announcer extraordinaire and brilliant podcast host, and you're only 22. <laughs> Edison Hatter, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was great. Hey, absolutely. Thank you both so much for having me on. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. 
Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Let's start with Kentucky. Yep, uh, Kentucky, they're racing at Ellis Park today, and they have a nine-race card. And race six is a num winners of two, allowance for three-year-old fillies. It's at a mile and a sixteenth on the turf for a purse of uh, $61,000. The number 10 horse, Lavish Habits, broke her maiden at Keeneland two races back and looked uh, very good doing it. That was on April 8th, and then on three weeks later, on April 28th, she again was at uh, Keaton on the grass, and Lavish Habit raced against winners for the first time, which normally is kind of a big step when a horse comes from the maiden to the non-winners of two class and that. So uh, she finished seventh, which wasn't to be expected or unexpected, I guess you could say. That was uh, Lavish Habit's fourth straight race since the beginning of the year, so trainer Jeff Hiles, I think, chose to give her some time off. And uh, from that race, to uh, she had a breezing workout on June the 11th, which since has been followed by three well-spaced five-furlong breezing works. And we've talked on the show about the importance of five-furlong works, but there's three of them in a row, all well-spaced. So uh, winning, as I noted earlier, winning first time against other winners for most horses is a very difficult situation. And in most cases, they improve second time out, which is what we have today. Uh, with Lavish Habits. So Ellis Park, race six, number 10, Lavish Habits. Should we be concerned with her name, Lavish Habit? <laughs> uh, well, maybe if you own her, you might. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about Woodbine, Larry? <laughs> okay, well, Woodbine has a 10 race card uh, uh, today, including the running of the $125,000 My Dear Stakes for two-year-olds. Uh, but I'm going to go right to race 10, which is seven furlongs on the turf for fillies and mares. It's a maiden, special weight, three-year-olds and up, with a purse of $123,200, which is good money. Uh, number two, Indy Champagne, well-named Molson Indy weekend, right? So if that's not a hunch bet, I don't know what <laughs> is. But uh, there's some other reasons I like this horse anyways. But uh, she's a well-bred first-time starter from the uh, uh, good uh, Chiefswood stable. And uh, this filly is by the elite sire Curlin, who has produced 13% debut winners and also produces a lot of uh, turf horses too. So uh, Indy Champagne's mother is the dam of Chief Wood's top three grade winning stakes horses, Weyburn, who we've talked about on this show a few times last year when he was on the Kentucky Derby Trail, and Yorkton, who was Weyburn's brother. Uh, this filly has worked in uh, seven to 10 day intervals since May the 7th, and since May 14th shows nine five furlong works. Wow. And they're all equally spaced. So this is, uh, this is a fantastic row of, uh, of uh, 
uh, workouts for this horse. Um, she looks racing fit off of all those workouts. As I said, it is she's making her first start. It could, could come with some racing luck that she's going to need, but I think if she gets the proper racing luck and that, she's got the breeding, she's got the workouts. So Woodbine Race 10, number two, Indy Champagne. Woodbine Mohawk. Woodbine Mohawk has an 11 race card uh, tonight, including four Ontario Sire Stakes grassroots events for two-year-old pacing fillies. Uh, but race 10 is a one-mile pace for older horses, none winners of 20,000 in their last five starts or 30,000 in their last 10. Number four, here's the name, the Greek Freak. Ooh. Has been a picture of consistency <laughs> his last three starts with a win and two seconds uh, where he was beaten a neck and a head. So he's like a neck and a head from winning his last three, three races. So this horse is in pretty good shape. Earlier this year, this guy was racing as high as the preferred class, and he looks to be working his way back up to that top class level now. Uh, Post uh, four should uh, give driver uh, and friend of the show, Scott Young, options with the Greek freak tonight. And if the race, he races back to his last three races, he should be right there again tonight. Uh, he's four to one in the morning line. I'd love to get that, that sort of value tonight when the horses go behind the gate. So uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, race 10, number four. The Greek Freak. And last but not least, the Meadowlands. Well, we've talked about the Meadowlands on the show. There's 10 stakes races. It's a 14-race card. The The big one is the Meadowlands pace. And, it, you know, it's tough to go against uh, Beach Glass. He was off three weeks from his North America Cup uh, race into his elimination last week. But I'm going to take a potential long shot. The number three horse, Nighthawk. He, too, was off three weeks from his North America Cup race. And he did close rapidly last week to finish second in his elimination, and he was beaten a neck uh, in the final quarter in 25-4. and four. This guy had post-7 in the final of the North America Cup, and he got away 8th, and he dropped back to ninth. and after being parked over for over a half mile, he closed some for 5th money. His race 3 back, a second in the North America Cup elimination, was good, and I think having the race under his belt now from last week, uh, Nighthawk should have an opportunity to run a big race tonight. He's got an inside draw. I think he's you know got some value on the board. So the Meadowlands, race 12, number three, Nighthawk. You are, Larry Simpson, a pleasure and a treasure. It's always so much fun doing this show with you. But before we say our official goodbye, we really do need to give a shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Shout-out, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully done. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Jim Lang will be back next week. Just a reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, which was just released this week, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, please go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca forward slash ponies, as even though the silent auction is over, you can still donate to the cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long. Uh, Jim Lang will be back with you first thing Monday morning, and thank you for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.